Welcome to Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store Soho in New York. Please welcome this afternoon's moderator, Amy LaRocca from New York Mag. Um, hi, so we are going to be joined by Nancy Myers, the filmmaker, and Anne Hathaway, the star of The Intern, but we're going to start by watching a trailer for the film. Retirement is an ongoing, relentless effort in creativity. I tried yoga, learned to cook, bought some plants, took classes in Mandarin. Believe me, I've tried everything. I just know there's a hole in my life, and I need to fill it soon. I'm Ben Whitaker. I have an appointment with Miss Austin. So she's meeting with her new intern. That's me. How old are you? 70. You? I'm 24. I know I look older. It's a job. It ages you, which won't be great in your case. Sorry. Hi, Jules. I'm Ben, your new intern. I'm glad you also see the humor in this. Be hard not to. Don't feel like you have to dress up. I'm comfortable in a suit if it's okay. Old school. At least I'll stand out. I don't think I'm gonna need a suit to do that. Want the door uh, open or closed? Doesn't matter. Open, actually. You get used to me. Look forward to it. Mandarin sure keeps busy. Mr. Congeniality. Everybody loves him. Here she comes. Hey, Beck, what's up? You look really nice. How long can a woman be mad at you for? I assume you talked to her, apologized. I emailed her. Subject line, I wrote, I'm sorry, with like a ton of O's. So I was like, I'm sorry. With a sad emoticon where he's crying. Our investors just think that a seasoned CEO could take some things off your plate. I did not see that coming. She's just trying to do right by everybody. The company, the family. The pressure is unbelievable. You started this business all by yourself a year and a half ago, and now you have a staff of 220 people. Remember who did that? Good times. The truth is, something about you makes me feel calm, more centered or something. I could use that, obviously. How in one generation have men gone from guys like Jack Nicholson and Harrison Ford to... Oh, boy. Fiona, the house masseuse. Love that there's another oldie but goodie here. How's that been? Well, it's that old boy. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're not as old as I thought you were. So now um, we have Nancy Myers and Anne Hathaway. Wow. Um, I think probably a good place to start is we can ask Nancy how you um, came to make this movie. Hi, everybody. I was it's Nancy Myers. Oh, my God. I was going to say it's the most iPhones I've ever seen, but I'm in an <laughs> Apple store, so it's not. Um, well, how I came to make it was, uh, you know, I, I had this idea of, of, about an older person who's retired who feels out of the game, wants to get back in the game, goes to work for a young entrepreneur. I don't know, it just, it grew. It took me a couple months to figure the thing out, but once I figured it out, I was very excited. Then I got these two fabulous actors to be in the movie. Thanks. And Anne, what drew you to this role and to this film? Uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you everyone for showing up. This is amazing. 
Um, I can't quite like outgrow my adolescent fear that it's a party and nobody's going to show up. So thank you all very, very much. Uh, and the thing, your question, the thing that uh, drew me to the movie, the role, um, I had just spent the holidays with my in-laws, who I'm very lucky I got along well with, and we all wanted to go to the movies. And we couldn't find a movie that we were all excited about uh, to see together. And I just thought, oh, isn't that a shame? You know, like I remembered back in the 90s, Cameron Crowe and James L. Brooks. And I thought, where did those movies go? And then literally three days later, the intern shows up. And it's got one of the best written characters I've ever read. And I love the relationship between her and this guy, Ben, obviously played by Bob De Niro. And it's going to be directed by Nancy Myers. I mean, it was just win, 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 win. And I cannot wait to watch it with the Shulmans. <laughs> A lot of this is about um, the generation gap between the kind of tech-savvy, sophisticated younger woman and an older guy who feels like maybe the world has moved on. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that relationship, that dynamic, and the way the world has changed um, to make a character like Jules Very of the moment and a character like Ben sort of into his next phase and what drew you to that? What drew you to writing that? And what she has a good answer that? for this. I do? Thank you. Uh, I will find that now. Um, so when you're asking that question, which is a really good one, I was thinking about how we all have these devices. <laughs> Most of you are on them right now. And I'm wearing a watch that, and I can tell you how many calories I burned today. Not many, because I was sitting in a room talking to journalists, but... Um, we know we have so much information at our disposal, but that doesn't mean we know anything, you know? And you look at a character like Ben, and he grew up in a world where business meant communication. And my character, Jules, has this great idea, and she's got so much passion, and she's got a company that has unbelievable bones. I mean, she set up a beautiful structure, but it's missing connective tissue. And so what Ben is able to bring in is... Uh, the experience uh, that all of us kind of younger people in the company don't have to figure out how to actually grow a company so that it feels like a, a place you want to be. One of the I'm just going to take her with me wherever I go. <laughs> Thank you. One of the great themes of this movie is um, the difference between men as they were in Ben's generation and men as they are today. And um, you got a little hint this of that in the This is not the, the location for this conversation. <laughs> but um, I'd love to hear you both talk a little bit about this great idea of how men have changed over the years. And it's a, it's a great part of this movie when you guys see it. A lot of good laughs in it, but also something a little heavier in, um, in the state of men. Yeah, well, we have a lot of millennials in the movie. Um, Robert De Niro is 50 years older than a lot of his co-stars in this movie, or probably 45 years older. And uh, when I was writing the movie, I started thinking about how men have changed from my dad's generation to the men that I see around me now. And it was pretty striking, not just the way you dress, because that's a little superficial, though I do make jokes about that. But um, sort of in this, uh, you know, I was being interviewed by somebody yesterday, and she was talking to me about it, and she said, my friends always, and she was in her 20s, she said, they all want to go out with older guys because they don't think the guys their age are mature enough. I do think something was going on when Annie's generation was growing up, and I have a daughter the same age as Annie, where the women were really being pushed, and the young girls were being pushed towards work and careers, and the boys fell in love with video games. <laughs> and 
there's some some little disconnect there that I saw happening as a mom watching these kids grow up. I'm not talking about all boys, and I'm not talking about all girls, but I think there is something there is something true about this. And Bob De Niro's generation, the man who wears a suit to work because he's comfortable in a suit, and it's also out of respect to her. Um, you know that those kind of manners. Every time she comes in the room in the movie, he stands up. It's lovely. It's just lovely. That doesn't mean you're not a feminist to appreciate that. Uh, I, I, not no, yeah. no. Um, I, I have a never mind. Um, I agree so with, with everything that uh, Nancy just said. We also have a slightly different take on it that we've uh, kind of discovered in doing press and talking about the movie. I feel, me personally, very liberated from um, any kind of constructions of what a woman has to be. I feel like I, it, it takes work and I have to remind myself of it, but I feel pretty free to be myself, whatever that means. And I feel like the, uh, the, 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 maybe the consciousness shift right now is about accepting everyone as individuals. And so I think about how Thanks, you. Um, <laughs> and so I think about how, you know, what Nancy was talking about growing up, I was encouraged to reject kind of stereotypical notions of femininity to write my own rules. And as a result of, I mean, it, it makes sense that kind of that idea of what masculinity is, maybe a narrow definition of masculinity, also perhaps without talking about it unconsciously fell by the wayside. And I'm not sure anything cropped up in its place to replace it. I mean, now as women, I feel like there, uh, there is an identity out there in that we are allowed to be who we want to be. I feel like it's less defined for men. But like I said, I think the way forward is maybe to focus less on gender and focus more on humans. Very smart. Um, we do have a few more clips from the movie, to, so I think we're going to get another clip now. Don't feel like you have to dress up. I mean, we're super cash here. I'm comfortable in a suit if it's okay. No, it's fine. Old school. Exactly. At least I'll stand out. I don't think I need a suit to do that. True. Well, I think we did it in less than two minutes. I'll wait to hear from you. Okay. Want the door uh, open or closed? Doesn't matter. Open, actually. You get used to me. Look forward to it. So, of course, another big, big theme in this movie is the idea of the tech startup that just takes off like crazy, and it feels appropriate in the Apple store to talk about this new world of um, businesses and uh, that's out there, and it's a huge part of the film. So I'd love to hear your, about your choice to set a movie inside the world of startups and what was attractive about that culture. Right. Everything's attractive about it to me. Um, you know, I've, I've made a lot of movies that take place in people's houses. I knew this was more of a workplace movie, and honestly, What's a better, more, what could be a better place than a startup? It's a new kind of workplace. It's a brand new kind of environment to be on screen that I haven't seen before. And so, and I'm a big online shopper. So, no, I'm convinced that people at Amazon say, Nancy, go to Zenith and Nancy. So, um, so I, I was very excited to dive into that world. And I went to visit a lot of them. And I went to One King's Lane and Gilt and Moda Operandi and Nast Annie and I went to Nastigal together. 
Uh, and it's, it's a very, very fun, it seems like people are working happier in these places. You know, you've all seen what they look like, you know, a big giant room, communal tables. The founders mostly have, actually right now on Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg just put out a video where he gives a tour of Facebook, and he says, I've never done this before. And as he gives the tour, it sounds like the tour Adam Devine gives. Yeah. <laughs> he says, we're very transparent here. We all work out in the open. Nobody has a private office, and it's exactly what we talk about in the movie. So it was a very exciting new kind of workplace, and I absolutely believe a woman this age starting out in life is going to want, you know, I, I just totally believe she could do it. And it's, you know, rather than climb up the ladder in the slow way my generation did it, she's going to try to start at the top. I love that about her character. And on that, that idea of a woman who starts at the top, um, a lot of your films have dealt with women at different stages in their life. And one of the things we talked about before was the difference between your career woman in Baby Boom and your career woman in this film. And if you could talk a little bit about the role of the working mother as portrayed in these two movies that you've made many years apart. Right. Well, um, you pointed out something really interesting to me, which I hadn't realized, which I should share with you, okay. because you did it, really. Um, Amy pointed out to me, Amy uh, wrote a piece for New York Magazine and pointed out to me in the interview that she was, right? You did, right? Yeah, what, yeah. Why don't you say it? Uh, well, what, you what we said. talked about was that you rarely see the portrayal of a working mother in a film who, like excuse the expression, but has her shit together. Usually the working mother is like, her socks don't match and she's in tears on their way out the door or something. But in this film, Anne's character is a working mother and she's like, I'm going to work. And it's not belabored. And that's a sort of different portrayal of a working mother than you typically see. And I was super intrigued by that. I really liked it. Um, after I saw the movie uh, for the first time, I wrote Nancy an email, and I just said, thank you so much. Um, there's one scene in the movie, and I really feel like you're going to change the world with this scene. And the scene is, um, my character's been working all day. She comes home. She's so excited to finally have dinner with her family. She was a little bit late. They couldn't wait, so they ate without her. And then she's like, that's cool, that's cool. I'm, let me give you your bath, honey, to her, to her daughter. And then she's reading her daughter a story, and she falls asleep. Her husband try, comes to find her, and her daughter is very happily reading to herself in bed. And her, when her husband goes, hey, Jules, the daughter goes, shh, dad, let her sleep. And I just said, thank you so much for not showing the child tortured by having a working mother. How dare she have dreams outside the home? And I just said, it's so refreshing to see that because I don't know many, I, don't know, I cannot think of a single friend of mine who had a working mom who felt like they missed out on anything. It's just what your mom does. Everybody's mom is different. And, you know, my mom was an actress. Sometimes she was on tour. Sometimes she was making Halloween costumes. You just kind of flow with it in the family. And, um, and I, think it's, I think it's a really good thing, you know. I, it's a good thing to have a lot of different representations of mothers, and it's great to have one that's positive. Yes, whereas in, that's so good. When I was um, writing Baby Boom, uh, Charles Shire and I wrote the movie together, and there, there it was 1987. And it wasn't the way it is in 2015. And she was, she didn't, wasn't quite what you described, but it was close. And by the way, she sort of lost her job over it because she had to spend so much time with this newborn. So it was interesting for me to make both of these movies uh, because the times uh, have changed. 
yet there are still issues. I don't think women have it easy yet. Uh, not as easy as men, but but to write the difference between that movie and this movie was um, very interesting. And can I say what you had in your trailer? Sure. She found a poster from Baby Boom, the movie I did with Diane Keaton that we're talking about. I think we're, I don't know where you found it, but uh, thrift store in Williamsburg. Yeah. So then she hung it in her trailer, and she had it in her trailer the entire time we were making the movie because that's really could have been her, could have been Jules's mother. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You could have been. You could be that baby. I'm the applesauce baby. baby. <laughs> It's the sequel to Baby Boom. Did you um, audition for that as a baby? That, that was not the one I auditioned for. This was the third Nancy Myers movie I was up for, uh, and this was the one I got. <laughs> um, I think we have one more clip that we're going to see. Oh, thanks. But you don't have to. I can open the door. Sure. Okay, so this shouldn't take more than an hour, but if you can't stay here, I'll call Becky, and then she'll find you, and then you can just pull up. Don't worry. I'll be here. I think I've got to eat today. Should I pick you up some sushi? No, I eat too much mercury. I'll be fine. I'm good. I'm actually kind of nauseous, so... So without giving away too much of the film, um, this is a moment where uh, you know, the, Jules' character has to go and speak to some sort of large corporations and large CEOs about, about the future of her company that she's founded. Um, I, want, I would love to hear more about what that process in terms of the film represented. <laughs> I did. Um, well, I, I'll tell you this part because it's in a lot of the trailers that um, Jules is presented with the idea that perhaps another CEO should come in to replace her because she came up with this great idea. doesn't mean she's the person who can scale the business. And maybe, maybe someone else coming in can take some of the pressure off of her so she can do, be creative and do what she does great. But um, Jules and I felt <laughs> that the heartbeat of her company is in here. And that's the person that has to do it. And um, so it's a decision. She's, she's, and she goes back and forth on what the right thing is to do through most of the movie. So please see the movie to see what she decides. <laughs> um, and so all these themes we've talked about, um, you are known as a writer and a director for romantic comedies. And this is not a, ro this is not a romantic comedy. This, there's not a love story at the heart of this movie. So, Well, in a little bit, it's a love story. It's not a romantic one. It's not a sexual one. But there's a very strong bond between Annie and Bob's characters. And it's an unusual bond because he's not her father. And it's not really father-daughter because fathers and daughters don't communicate the way these two do. It's something quite special. So in a way, yes, it's, you're right, though, Amy. It's not a romantic comedy, but it has comedy. Yeah, it's kind of like just not you know a you know when one. you fall in love with your friends like instantly in that you meet someone and there's nothing romantic there or sexual but you feel like you've known them forever and suddenly it's three weeks later and you're spending all your time together and they know everything about you and you can't imagine living without them. It's that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> its own kind of romance. Um, and since we're sitting here in the middle of Soho on a beautiful day, it's also a real New York movie and it's a real Brooklyn movie. Yeah. So um, let's hear about falling in love with New York in this film and falling in love with Brooklyn, which it really, it really is a little love letter to Brooklyn. 
Yeah, somebody said to me today, I did a, uh, Annie and I did a lot of press today, and one of them said, so you wanted to always make a movie about Brooklyn because you love it so much? And I said, well, I'd actually never really been there before I started shooting. <laughs> I'd gone to Brooklyn once. But, um, you know, really I'm a big researcher, and that's where a lot of tech companies are outside of Northern California. They're in New York, and it seemed to me her character would live in Brooklyn and that she needed so much space. So we, not that Brooklyn's cheap, but we actually shot in the Bronx. And that's where a lot of these big, you know, it's hard to get that much space for that many people here in New York. So um, I loved being in Brooklyn, though. I thought it was beautiful. And uh, really, I learned a lot about it shooting there. It's really quite a beautiful place. You could shoot a period movie there in a minute. You could be in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. It's, do you live in Brooklyn? I, I live in Brooklyn, and go. yeah, there's often people in Victorian dress outside my house <laughs> in a film crew. So really? You can shoot a period yeah. movie. And that's Brooklyn. just a bar crawl. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect moment for the audience Q&A, I think. You're, you're like my favorite person in the whole world, so I'm, I'm shaking right now. Which one of us? Um. <laughs> Um, Anne Hathaway is my favorite person in the world. Hey, sweetie, what's your name? Um, Ayush. You won't be able to pronounce it. I'm Indian. Ayush. Close enough. Thank you. <laughs> so um, my question was, like, what was the hardest thing for you to do on set? And um, b before you answer, I am a huge um, Batman fan and a huge Anne Hathaway fan, and I made a sketch of you. And... <laughs> I, I would really love it if you could sign it and take a of look at it. Of course, my honey. Thank you so much. It's so Let's sweet. Let's see it. Let's can, see can it. Can I see it? That's going on my refrigerator. No. I'm going to get back to you. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's, good. it's very, very good. Selena Kyle, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. How do you spell your name? A-A. It's, it's written at the bottom. My handwriting's not very good, though. Oh my God, thank you a lot. All right, and your question was, what was the hardest part of the, of the film making the movie? Well, let me see. The last few films that I've made have been, by and large, tragedies. <laughs> uh, very dramatic, and um, so it was kind of hard shaking off the darkness to get back into a comedy mindset. And uh, there were moments in the beginning when Nancy and I would talk about the character and I would talk about like, you know, how she was broken. And Nancy's like, yeah, but she's also kind of sweet. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'd say the hardest thing, honestly, was letting go of my own ego and saying, you know what, Nancy Myers knows a Nancy Myers character better than I do. She wrote this. Um, she is the compass on this one, and I'm going to trust her to guide me, and not the other way around. And um, and I'm really happy I did because I love Jules Austin up there, and um, I'm really proud of the work that we did together. And I think it was the the right way to go. It, it was nice to see a character. Uh, and to play a character that was kind of free of, of all that baggage or to see someone who knows how to keep that uh, better buried than perhaps I do. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for that beautiful picture. Hi. Um, Nancy, I love everything you've ever done. And Anne, I really appreciate the depth and authenticity you bring um, to movies that 
are speaking to our life, but also entertain us marvelously, and I love your shoes. Um, <laughs> my question is, you mentioned wanting to go see the movie, and you talked about seeing the movie. How, when you're watching a movie that you're in, do, can you just enjoy the entertainment, or you have some editor going, and you're critiquing yourselves? Oh. Well, I don't have the experience of just watching the movie, you know, because I work on it line by line, literally, as I go through it. Although I hadn't seen it in about four months, and I saw it last week, and I was so fearful knowing my nature that I, because I'm done, there's nothing I can do now, and here I am watching it that I'm going to want to change, and I wish I could, and I didn't have that feeling at all. I was so pleased. And I think Annie's when she saw the movie for the first time, I mean, she seemed so happy with, you know, she's not uh, actressy that way. She, her conversation, no, because her conversation. No, 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 I am. I just really like this movie. No, but her con, her con, I've had actors call and say, no, I think, you know, I remember I did a different take there, and are you sure? It was none of that. She looked at the big picture, but you can say it, speak for yourself. Um, I just have to say that I was secretly hoping you were going to bring out your own drawing of one of Nancy Meyer's kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> But that's cool. It's that's possible. fine. I knew it was a long shot. Um, I find it downright excruciating to to watch myself on camera immediately, kind of like within a year of watching the movie. Um, this movie, however, I I I mean, I did still watch it through my fingers, but I did uh, enjoy it, and I was and I'm really happy uh, with it. Um, it usually takes me five years to a decade to be able to watch something and, and, and be able to be objective and let go. Like I just saw Annie, the Devil I'm Wears Prada. I may not be around. <laughs> you better tell me soon. But I just saw the Devil Wears Prada the other day, and I'm like, oh, I totally get why everybody loves this movie. It's so good. <laughs> Hi, my name is Tanvi, and I've been watching you since Princess Diaries. So I wanted to ask you: Is it intimidating working with someone like? Robert De Niro, because, I mean, he's come such a long way, like Taxi Driver and all these movies. And I had another, can I ask another question? Yeah, also, is it hard to transition from one role to another, depending on, like, are you a method actor or what sort of an actor are you? So, like, going from Les Miserables to, like, a comedy, how is it? How do you do it? Well, um, the answer to your first question is yes. It was very, very, very intimidating. And even now, I mean, I still have a moment every day where I'm like, oh my God, it's you. Uh, that is so intense. Um, but Bob, he's a great guy and he's all about the work when you're on set and that's the way it should be. So he wears his legend status really lightly and he makes it really easy for everybody uh, around him. And then in terms of uh, leaving roles behind, it kind of depends on the role. Like Les Mis took a solid year to shake. Um, that's the longest anything's ever ever taken. Actually, no, 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 Rachel Getting Married took a really long time to shake too. But I think that was just because I loved my character and Rachel Getting Married so much I wanted her around and I didn't want to let go of the experience. But, um, but then this one, as soon as this one was done, I had to go work on Alice in Wonderland too. So... Um, this one kind of went away pretty quickly. And so I think a little bit is, you know, how quickly I have to move on to something else that kind of uh, influences that. Do you have a method or is it like I just adapt the roles? Um, I consider myself to be, you know, a work in progress. Uh, I'm a, I'm a little, it really does depend on the role. Like there are certain, like Fontaine, 
no, this is a really bad example. I didn't go method on that one. Um, just don't think too hard about that. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I, but I, I did, tr I do try to, I like try to go emotionally method, I guess that's it. I like to try to figure out where my character's scar tissue is and try to figure out if I have anything in common with them in that term sense, like where I'm broken um, and how I've healed and you know, things like that. But uh, there's usually something, some ways that you overlap with, with the character and it'd be a shame to miss out on those parts. Um, so I try to use that. But yeah, I'm always happiest when I realize that like we were here and then all of a sudden we were like that, you know? So. No, I do. I do, I do sometimes. Uh, my husband's been married to a lot of ladies <laughs> at this stage. But, um, but I'm getting better at um, letting the characters go upon rap and not necessarily bringing them home with me. Hi, uh, I read the New York Magazine piece and um, I really enjoyed the part where Ms. Myers was talking about um, how she used to be reluctant to talk about the settings and the, the kitchens and stuff. Um, can she talk a little bit more about what changed for her with making this film, about talking about the, the sets? I'm just not laughing at you, <laughs> laughing at me. Um, yeah, I don't really like that kind of attention because I take the whole movie so seriously that it takes me by surprise at the end of every movie when someone says, I just went for the kitchen, you know, and it's like, it kills me. It's like a knife in me. And um, I really think since like Jay-Z, I was telling Amy this, like Jay-Z has a clothing line and other people aren't afraid to show that they have interest in things outside of their music or whatever, you know. It kind of made me not hide the fact that I do really love architecture and design. It's, I guess, a hobby of mine, which I've unfortunately passed on to my two daughters because now they like it. But I got it from my mom and my grandmother. I spent my whole life watching them say, should that chair go there? Or, you know, there was, there was always furniture being moved in my house growing up. So. It's been something that, uh, it just is an interest of mine, and, and Amy brought it out in me and made me confess that, okay, I'm going to own up to it. It is something I like, but it's never, when I make a movie, everything in Jules' house is what I think Jules would buy on, on her budget. It's, it's never outside of the movie. And by the way, that's a, one little piece of the movie. We spend just as much time on her clothes. We talk about her hair, all the things that add to what she, who she is, what she looks like and the message she's giving you as you're watching the movie. So, anyway. Hi, hi Nancy, hi Anne. Nancy, I love all of your movies. I just want to thank you for making all of them. I think there's no age anyone can relate to them. Oh. And I think I read the other day on your Instagram that you said at some point you always start dressing like the, the character. Ask yeah. Annie when we were doing Tai Chi. When yeah. we were doing the Tai Chi. Oh, and you I'm haven't sorry seen the movie. I came here. I dressed like her. She looked at me and she's like, you're in my outfit. Yeah. I love and it. I, you know, I just wake up and I, I guess I want to be them. Like, I don't know. I'm it's just such a confusing thing. I'm so anxious. I mean, I'm dying to see this movie because the whole you. scenario. But other than dressing, how else did you like become her somehow? Or how did you relate to her since it's so different from your other movies? And this is a whole new, I don't know, kind of scenario. Other I think than one, clothing. One thing I want to point out about this movie that we talked about when um, I interviewed Nancy is that you've been writing a lot of heroines who are at your point in life. Yeah. And then in this one, it's a heroine who isn't right, right where you are. So it's sort of a... But I once was 32. 
and at the time had a three-year-old, and she was playing a 32-year-old with a five-year-old. So, um, but I didn't want to be bold enough to think I totally understood her generation. So I have daughters her age, and I also did research. I got together with a bunch of executive women in Hollywood, many of whom had stay-at-home husbands, and I got them a little drunk. <laughs> I just kept ordering, you know, like wine for all of them. And then I kept saying, so I have this scene in the movie where they said, is this real? And then they, they really helped me. It was a like great dinner. It took like four hours. I got a lot out of them. But they basically told me I was on track. Um, so what do I have in common with her? Yeah, motherhood, work, starting from scratch with something, building it into something bigger. I mean, look, we're in the Apple store in Soho talking about it, you know? <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. And then I, you know, the great thing is, Annie's such a wonderful actress, you know, she makes it her own. So, you know, I passed the baton over. I just imitated you. <laughs> Me? Yes. I'm just like, how would Nancy say this? Um, if it's okay, I have a question. So my question is, Nancy Myers. For me? For you. Um, you have... Nowadays, the conversation, thankfully, is shifting towards how can we get more female writers? How can we get more female directors? How can we uh, shift the consciousness in Hollywood so that everyone is represented? Um, so my question is, you have been a female writer, and you have, or no, no, hold on, you are a female, and you have been a writer for 30 years. You started directing when you were 48, and uh, for and I can't imagine where people's heads were at during that time. That was an easy thing or always a comfortable thing. So my question for you is, in this fabulous career of yours, what has been your proudest moment? Oh. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know what my proudest moment is. I... The, uh, I must say, when I saw the movie last week, I was so proud of the work the three of us did. Well, it wasn't the three. I like to think it was three of us. There were about 103 of us. <laughs> but basically, it comes down to the three of us, right? I was so proud of the work we did on this movie. Um, I really felt on this movie, almost more than any other, there was no antagonism. We were all on the same team, yeah. right? We all wanted to make the same movie. We put our heads together. We all had different strengths. And I really am so proud of the work that we did. So I love the one I'm with. <laughs> I guess. And I think yeah. we're out of time. So thank you so much. Thank you so for much, coming. everybody. Thank you. Go Devils. <laughs>